Hey guys, welcome to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We have two Netflix originals to discuss. Is I Care A Lot technically a Netflix original? As far as I know, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, spoiler alert, we talked about, we watched I Care A Lot. And we also watched uh, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. So we will be talking about those two things today. Those are our two items of business. (laughs) First, TV news. I feel like, again, there was a lot of TV news this week. Jordan, what do you have for us? Um, One piece of news this week is that Netflix announced... Um, a Wednesday Adams live action series with Tim Burton directing based on oh, Adam's whoa. family. I had not heard that. Yeah, I don't know much else about it, but I saw that and feel like that could be really fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, the most exciting piece of news, I think, for me is that they are adapting Sally Rooney's book, Conversations with Friends. Um, into a, he- a Hulu series um, that is like the same um, author as normal people, which I mean, I already would have been excited about it, but I'm not much of a reader and I just read this book and loved it. So I was extra excited <laughs> because I feel like this is one of the first times I've read the book first and then it was adapted into a TV show after. Um. But even more exciting is the cast, um, Joe Alwyn, a.k.a. Taylor Swift's boyfriend, um, was cast as well as Jemima Kirk. And as soon as I saw they were cast, I knew exactly who they would be playing. And especially Jemima, I think she will be perfect for the role she's playing. And I'm just very excited. I know that was really good news it's really a big break for joe yeah like i don't know if he's really been in a tv series yeah and i feel like everything he's been in he's never the talking point about any of it Mm-mm. um and this will be really buzzworthy after normal people so it's pretty huge yeah excited for his big break hopefully yeah we'll see how he is in it i guess <laughs> <laughs> just don't know anything about that guy no it's weird how little we know about him you know yeah considering how many how many swifty news sources we follow a very mysterious dude yeah which you have to respect Mm -hmm. which is why we love him i um saw that um the hulu limited series about um elizabeth holmes of theranos is no longer starring kate mckinnon she is out oh Wow, you're just really hitting me with news that I didn't know. Have they said <laughs> anyone else is replacing her? Not that I've seen or anything. All I know is that she's no longer in it. Wow. Interesting. She was perfect yeah. for that role, but now that I seems know. like so far gone. I know. Now it's kind of like, do we need that? And weren't <laughs> there weren't there like a few kind of in the works? Yeah. Like Jennifer Lawrence was maybe attached to one? Yes, you're right. That is the problem but, with like they hurry and announce really like hot ticket 
like current event type of shows and then it's like by the time it comes down to it, it's like wait what which kind of mm-hmm. like is why i was i'm so hesitant about that GameStop thing i don't know well that and the tiger there's like a bunch of tiger king crap that is exactly also with kate mckinnon attached which i'm oh if she were gonna drop out of either playing elizabeth holmes or carol baskin i would say don't play carol baskin because please i've never like i don't see that at all I'm sure no. Kate McKinnon does a good impression, but I, that is just bonkers casting. It doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Like, leave that and for SNL skits, not an entire series. Seriously, that's the last thing I want to watch. I am the fatigue with Tiger King has reached an all-time high. <laughs> I want to eternal sunshine it out of my brain. Make so, me too. You're not alone. Just ugh. That's not related to this, but <laughs> I, you're correct. And that's why also the, yeah, the GameStop stuff, it's just, and it's weird to pick also, we've said this before, but it's like, it's going to get played out, give it time to see what resonates and wait to cast people, you know, it's just, I don't know what they're thinking. They're crazy. Me neither. We really should be the ones running Hollywood. Ugh, at least here for free advice. Seriously. I would take money, but honestly, <laughs> I would do it for free just to have not annoying things. Agreed. Um, well, speaking of Tiger King, the filmmakers behind it also are making a documentary about the college, adm- college admission scandal of 2019. Hmm. See, that is interesting to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. And they did a great job with, um, I would say, Tiger, like, the storytelling was good with Tiger King. And they also made the Fire Festival Netflix documentary. So oh. I feel like it will be good. Yeah, the, the issues with Tiger King, for me, weren't necessarily with the filmmaking. Exactly. So... Yeah, and this is a good, like, this story is really compelling. Yeah. So. It even includes, like, some wiretapped conversations. So, oh, sounds wow. intriguing. Very. Um, I'm sure, I know, without a doubt, that you saw that they dropped a teaser of Girls 5 Eva. Oh, yes, I did. And I forgot to and bookmark it, so I'm glad you brought it up. It was way, way good. Um very excited and very excited to see these four very different personalities of the leads because Mm -hmm. we obviously have like I the one I know I never forget about is Busy Phillips obviously because like follow her on social media she's been the one I'm following that seeing posts about it but the rest of the girl group in the show is Renee Renee Elise Goldsberry from Hamilton Paula Pell who I love but I'm like, don't really get to, we don't get to see her as much like um, at the center of a show, which is really fun. Like she's usually writing it mm-hmm. and Sarah Bareilles. And so it's just like four very, like, it's a, it's a really interesting juxtaposition of people. So it was really fun seeing them all together for the very first like clip. I agree. I thought it was really fun. And I'm just like, 
it made me more excited to see all of the costuming because it was great. Totally. The Duke from Bridgerton is going to be starring in Paramount's Dungeons and Dragons adaptation. (laughs) And I just, I mean, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I didn't realize that um, John Francis Daly is one of the, he's either writing or directing, a.k.a. Sam Weir from Freaks and Geeks. And he (laughs) also did Game Night. Oh. um, So I feel like it could be really good. Um, And I just think it's cute because he plays Dungeons and Dragons in Freaks and Geeks. And so I think that's Yeah, that's adorable. Um, Yeah. Is that so that's a is that a movie or a show? I think it's a show. Oh, I miss because Paramount, they are the ones that had the really annoying commercials during the Super Bowl. Um, that kept talking about their new streaming service. So uh, I'm assuming that it's related to that. But I Oh yeah, I wrong. hadn't heard anything about that. Yeah. Add add it to the list. Well, I hope it's a TV show. Yeah, me too. I guess. I think that would make a lot more sense. Um, did you hear This is like a follow-up to Golden Globes. Did you hear about the Emily in Paris scandal? No, I didn't. Well, I saw it was it, trending on Twitter today. Was that why? Um, probably. It turns out that um, in 2019, like people are accusing them of buying their Golden Globes nominations because <laughs> in 2019, they fl- Netflix flew out 30 Hollywood Foreign Press members to France to visit the set, and they put them up in five star a five star hotel and gave them like a private um a tour and event at like this fancy private museum and they were treated like kings and queens (laughs) what in the world and so people are really pissed (laughs) is that like a normal thing i don't think it's normal i haven't read the article because um there's always a paywall on it's on la times Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a normal thing because um you know but if everyone could do that then everyone would do that you know yeah exactly well that's fascinating and I wonder if anything will happen because of it I know I mean it's probably not like illegal but it's like shouldn't really be encouraged no wow that's fascinating I can't wait to read into that a little more I have a two-parter um donald glover uh has left fx and is going to amazon um that's going and he's going to have his own like content channel on amazon prime video yeah it's so interesting yeah and then um also malia obama is going to be a writer on one of his upcoming projects which it's called Hive, and it's a series from uh, the Watchmen writer, uh, Janine Neighbors, and follows a powerful pop star figure. Um, and people are saying, like, the be- uh, the Bay Hive. So, yeah, so happy for Malia. Yeah, very, very cool. It's also interesting because it's like, 
he got his well i don't think this is where he started but he was writing for 30 rock when he was like 23 and Mm -hmm. now it's like he's paying it forward almost for this like young i mean she's coming from a different place literally (laughs) like a former first kid but like she's 22 and he's like that's when i started writing on a show join yeah that's true that's a good point i like that Charlize Theron and Kerry Washington are going to be in a Netflix show from Paul Feig. At least I think it's a show. Oh, it's a it's a movie. And it's called The School for Good and Evil. And um, it's based on a novel, like a fantasy novel. But I don't think that Kerry Washington and Charlize have ever like been in something together, as far as I know. And I feel like they would be a really good pair. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I like it. Um, yeah, and I feel like I like like nine out of ten things Paul Feig does. So, what's the tenth thing that you haven't liked that he does? A simple favor. That's what I was assuming. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> I never saw it. Uh, that's really funny. I think I'm out of news. So if you have anything else, go right ahead. I just have one more, and it is that today they announced um, the cast for the season two of Modern Love on Amazon. Oh my gosh, and I had I forgot that they were even doing a season two. I know, me too. Um, and it's obviously a long list because you know they do them um, different per- people per episode and all this stuff. Um, but the some standouts were. Oh, I'm even learning some more as I'm looking at this list. Some standouts, though, are Anna Paquin, Minnie Driver, um, Jack Rayner from Sing Street and Midsummer, and Kit Harrington. <gasps> wow, that's exciting. So, yeah. So that'll be... I, let me see if it says anything about... I don't know when it's dropping. I don't even know if... I don't know if anyone knows anymore, you know? no one knows anything anymore they're just casting it right now apparently so okay but yeah exciting oh actually one more i have one more that is weird but i want to talk i just want to bring it up and put it out into the universe that it's happening is that um today they announced that disney plus is there's this new tv universe they're calling it in the works and it's all based on disney parks for disney plus (gasps) Oh my so gosh, like, what? Th- so it's basically like they are they're going to develop a franchise that's like set in Magic Kingdom and using characters from Disneyland. And so I don't really know what that's going to look like, but it's very cute and um really just all around great. Wow, that's amazing. And um I immediately had to go check my Disney stock (laughs) Uh, because that's great. And I'm really excited about that. That sounds cool. I know. I feel like I don't really know what it's going to be because like, I'm wondering if it'll be like Pirates of the Caribbean where it's like influenced and inspired by the ride, but they're like operating in that world. Or Mm -hmm. is it like set literally set in the parks as like they're, I, I don't know. And they're, they, I don't know if they even know yet. They're kind of just like reserving those like copyright 
mm-hmm. rights, I'm sure, you know, and like kind of preserving that intellectual property. But I was just really happy to see the Disneyland castle in my timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really stoked. Yeah. Wow. I miss it. That's amazing. I, yeah. I'm so glad I just you had to put that, that out there. Excited. I'm excited to see like what actually comes of that because I'm still kind of confused, but happy. Exactly. It has all the good buzzwords that we like. So exactly. Yeah. Love of it. So for our top three, we are we are bouncing off of the I Care A Lot cast because it has a lot of great people that we love and um we love slash like and are in things that we also love and like so we thought it would be fun to say our favorite characters that chris messina rosamund pike and peter dinklage play in other tv shows or movies so jordan who's your favorite chris messina um I am going with his character from Julie and Julia because that, well, that was the first time I'd ever seen him, I think, in anything, excluding his starring role in You've Got Mail, (laughs) um, (laughs) as Borders employee, (laughs) but in Julie and Julia, which is not really a movie that I actually like that much, um, but I've never seen it. Meryl Streep, the Julia Childs parts are so good. Amy Adams, half of it for me is not very enjoyable to watch nearly as much as... The, it's, like, just very lopsided for me. Mm-hmm. But Christmas Cena plays her husband. And he is just, like, so adorable, so fun and nice and, like, patient with... Amy Adams as she's like having a breakdown which also it's fun that they are in shop objects together I was actually just gonna say I didn't I don't I don't think I knew that there was like a reunion I know I don't know if I even thought about that but um yeah he is just like he is so crushworthy in that movie he is just great we will we love a supportive husband <laughs> he just love we just love like a dream husband fictional character and it doesn't come with the baggage um, and the flaws that he's half perfect in Mindy Project, half totally flawed, you know? So it's like, true. it's it's tough. But he's basically perfect in Julia and Julia. So I went with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you left me with the half perfect, half flawed um, Christmasina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't dance in Julia and Julia, so. That's true. We do get... We do get um, stripper Danny Castellano in Mindy Project. (laughs) And we get the special glasses that have a magnet in the nose bridge. Yeah. Those glasses, you can forgive anything. Seriously. Anyone else wearing those? No, thanks. Christmasina? Yes, please. (laughs) Um, So that's my answer, Mindy Project. Although it was tough. I did want to say Birds of Prey just because he is really hot in that. I know. Well, he is. It's weird seeing him like that, but he's really good at it. It was very weird. I feel like other people that we know who never play roles like that. It's just like are usually normal people. Mm -hmm. 
um, maybe wouldn't have been able to pull it off. And so it's like, is he going to be cringy in this? And he wasn't at all. He was hot and scary. <laughs> yeah. He like carried his own and was great. Yeah. Love it. Who's your Rosamund Pike? Well, it was interesting. I think we both discovered that I'm like, why do I feel like I've seen her in so many things when I actually haven't watched that many Rosamund Pike movies? Mm-hmm. But the parts that she's played, I feel like are really memorable. The ones that I have seen. Um, and I went with her in Gone Girl because first of all, I mean, she is really good in that. And um, I think a lot of people when she got cast, like me included, were kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, I'm sure, like, people, women that were more famous than her were, pro- were like, being considered for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, And I was kind of like, I've only seen her in, like, more just kind of, like, sweet roles. Yeah. Um, But she, like, was really good. And, I mean, we see this in I Care A Lot, too. Like, she's just good at, like, being kind of, like, ice queen evil. Mm-hmm. Um, And, yeah. I just... You have to give her props for Gone Girl. She's very, very good in it. Yeah. I mean, I would say Gone Girl and um, my answer is Pride and Prejudice. But, like, both of those are two of my, like, probably all-time favorites. And um, so it's interesting that she's in both of them. Dang, I didn't know you ranked Gone Girl so highly. I I re-watched it in the last year and I was just like, wow, that movie is so good. That is another book you should read because it's I'll really add that to, to my down. Goodreads. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's like, you'll know like the twists, but mm-hmm. it's still like, I feel like the book includes more over the top details that I think would still be fun to read, you know? Oh, good. Okay. I'll, I will add it to my list. I think it's one of the, um, I would, I think it's in like the top 10 book adaptation movies. Wow. Okay. I feel like it gets the right vibe in the things they change make sense for the most part. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. Guess I'm a gone girl head. Forgot that I ever was. <laughs> well, and. Didn't know you were either. Well, <laughs> I mean, you I remember- showed it to me for the first time when we were on a plane ride to Hawaii. I can't believe I watched yeah. Gone Girl on like a tiny little airplane TV <laughs> screen, but it made that much of an impression on me. I loved it. Yeah. It's a pretty good plane movie, actually, because, like, definitely uh, holds your interest and is, like, never boring at all. Yeah, you just have to, like, hide the part where she's on the bed and bleeding everywhere. I know. Get, like, a little shield. Like, don't... You can't necessarily watch it with... If you have a child (laughs) sitting next to you. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you turn the brightness all the way down on the screen, I guess. But... Yeah. Mm. But, anyway, Pride and Prejudice... I'll go with that. She, um, that movie is just like embedded in me. I think I watched it like every Sunday for like six months for a while. And yeah, just like sweet little Rosamund Pike role that, and now it's fun to see her playing these like bad girl roles. Just the range. She's got it. She really, yeah, she really is like, she's basically who I picture when I think of jane from pride and prejudice now like Mm -hmm. in general even though there's so many versions of it yeah she's the like model jane yeah she's so good okay peter dinklage i mean 
There's no better character than his character in Game of Thrones. In, like, TV history, I would say. Well, I mean, how many characters total are in Game of Thrones? Like, 100? Maybe more than 100? Like, just characters? And Mm -hmm. he's in the top five. Yeah, for sure. What's that on... I always see people on Twitter and stuff, like, young folks that are like, he's in the top five, and he's not five. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you're so hip. I've never even heard that. I'll have to ask some... Gen yeah, ask, ask, ask your local youths. I've seen someone say that. And every time I see it, I'm like, wow, I love that. <laughs> Wait, say it again. Well, so I think some people will be like, for example, if they're talking about Taylor Swift songs, they'll be like, um, folklore is in the top, the top two Taylor Swift albums. And it's not two. Like, it's one. So it's number one. I like it. But but some people will say also like in a longer list, like top five songs of all time. But it's like and it's not, not five. So it's not like the bottom. Yeah. Love it. Just I'm a little steal word, it. word play that's fun. Thanks for teaching me. Now, <laughs> I feel like we officially just ruined it. <laughs> if any Gen Zer listens to this, they'll be like, oh my gosh. We're never saying that again. Like this is what happens when millennials get TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're sorry. Okay, well, perfect. Fun. Loved it. Wait, I haven't um, said mine yet. Oh, I was thinking we are both Game of Thrones. Sorry. No, I was trying to do all different ones. But Good mine job. I do feel passionately about. Um, I My favorite Peter Dinklage role is he is in an episode of 30 Rock. And he is so funny. It's amazing. Honestly, if your internet comes back tonight, Taylor, <laughs> you should go watch. And you've probably already seen it. But rewatch the episode. Peter Dinklage is a guest star on 30 Rock. And he is so funny. Like, it's where Liz Lemon is baby hungry. And she is standing on the street. And she accidentally pats him on the head. And he's like, did you think I was a child? And she's like, no, 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 no. I forgot. Yeah. And he, and so then he thinks she leads him to believe that he, she's like being aggressively flirtatious. And, um, she like goes out with him and he's like, he's, he's like way better than her. I feel like this description is really sounding offensive (laughs) and actually maybe, maybe it is, but he, his performance in that single episode is iconic and he's so funny. Um, and like, it's just, he, it's, I don't, I mean, I think he is a very funny person, but a lot of his roles are very serious and he's mm-hmm. very good at being very serious and dramatic. It's like, it's like John Hamm. It's like John Hamm's on 30 rock and he's this silly goofball and Peter Dinklage is like a totally, skilled comedian that fits right into 30 rock and it's just perfect and so yeah yeah. he he also has the range he really he really really does it well it's it's like what you were saying just looking at his photo reel on imdb where it's like wow he looks so different in every single role he's in yeah it's amazing i need to confirm that the 30 rock episode in case anyone wants to go watch it and it is it's 
called Stuart. It's season three. Oh, <laughs> that's his character's name. I did not <laughs> click into the IMDb thing. It is season three. It's episode seven. It's called Senor Macho Solo. And he is perfect. Really funny. Okay. So I care a lot. Want to give the brief description? So basically, Rosamund Pike, she is playing a person who, um, she basically works with older people who can no longer care for themselves and kind of and becomes their legal guardian when they are brought to an assisted living center hospital kind of place and so this is about like basically her finding her latest person to move into that care facility basically she is the jamie spears of the britney spears conservatorship yeah, basically. Do with that information what you will. We're trying not <laughs> to spoil anything. Um, so, yeah. So, her latest um, patient slash um, ward, basically, is played by Diane Wiest. Um, it's actually very funny. Speaking of... So, Diane Wiest, when I'm looking at her IMDb, I feel like I have... You would think I would have seen the fewest of her stuff, but I was scrolling through and I was like, whoa, she's in so many things that I've seen, you know? Mm-hmm. That was just a fun little tidbit. Um, so, yeah. And that's honestly the most that I care to summarize because there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie. Yeah, there really are. How did you feel about it overall? Overall, I thought it was really good. And then the last hour kind of lost me. Um, But I would still say overall, I think it's probably one of, I think, the best Netflix original movies. Um, The acting was all amazing. I was really invested in the plot. I feel like it was just that last hour I was kind of like, hmm, kind of getting a little bored. I'm glad you said that because I actually felt that way too. But I was like, I don't really know why, but I guess it was just dragging. Yeah, I think that um, I, for me, it was like I was liking kind of the zippy action between a lot of characters. And then the last hour, there's fewer characters, I'll say. And I, I liked kind of just like the more qu- the quicker pace was really, yeah. really effective for me. But overall, I still think it's for sure worth watching. And um, I also didn't think it was like, I mean, I felt like I kind of knew where it was going to go but I it was still like the plot was still twistier and I couldn't really predict exactly where it was all going to go um so I still thought it was really good I just I didn't I don't think it was perfect but I think it was still well made and well acted you know yeah I completely agree I really enjoyed it it was fun to watch a movie that felt like really fresh and new and like something I would have enjoyed in a movie theater Totally. I did feel like all of the uh, performances were really, really great. Um, I also really loved seeing um, Isa Gonzalez from mm-hmm. Baby Driver. Um, I forgot how much I loved her in Baby Driver, and um, she was great as well. But yeah, all she of the was performances. She probably the best part of Baby Driver. Yeah, I think so too. 
Um, all the performances were great and it was just like, it was a hard, um, it was an interesting storyline where it was like, wait a second, I'm not really rooting for anyone. And so parts of that were kind of maddening, but it was also kind of fun that, cause I don't feel like I've had an ex like movie watching experience like that in a long time. Um, and yeah, it was just like a fun fun movie but also still like extremely stressful and I did think I knew where it was going and it surprised me in the end and um so that was fun as well totally yeah I I was I mean it's rare that I'm like not on my phone while I'm watching something which is like um it's almost like now when like you like barely go to the theater that's what when i if i'm in the theater that's when i'm like not ever on my phone mm -hmm. but at home i'm like on my phone a lot while i'm watching something but this one i really wasn't on my phone which i think really says a lot <laughs> <laughs> we really should start ranking things like five out of five out of five phones if you were on your phone a lot it gets five phones if you weren't zero phones and you want closer to zero totally that's a great idea that's like something that should be a tag in letterboxd that's it really should great idea yeah that i basically i said exactly how i feel about it i don't really need to just say it again <laughs> you can though if you want this is your um, podcast <laughs> i'll just i'll repeat anything i want to repeat <laughs> um yeah I feel it's weird because I don't necessarily have a complaint. It really did. I, I just, I didn't end, it didn't end as strongly as it started, but it never got fully bad, you know? Yeah. So I, I recommend it. I recommend it. Yeah. I think it was really fun and, um, also like appeals to a wide audience, I think. And I've seen like rumors about it being like, oscar contenders and i don't know about that but like um i wasn't nominated for any golden globes i don't think so i think okay that the only thing that as far as i remember that hadn't been released at the time of the nominations but that got nominations i think was sia's music movie oh okay which is like really weird <laughs> but, yeah we um, don't even have to go there no i don't want to go there but if this one had this one i i still don't yeah I, i'm with you i don't know if i'm like this deserves oscars but if this one had gotten golden globes uh buzz then i would have been like okay yeah i can see that yeah just a fun movie that was refreshing and enjoyable that's my overall t take I co-sign on that. Okay, great. On to the next one. The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Want to give a brief synopsis of that? Yes. So this is a four-part documentary series, and it's about the Cecil Hotel, um, which is most recently famous for the disappearance and death of Elisa Lamb. That was only in, like, 2013 i think um so it's very recent and also went viral online so a lot of 
I mean, that's a huge part of the documentary was how viral it went. But what I liked about this was that it also goes into the history of the hotel itself because the whole history of it is like there's just tons of like tragedy and darkness kind of surrounding that hotel itself. Um, but so it, it focuses on that particular disappearance while also kind of giving you context for the hotel. Taylor, what did you think about this? Well, I had never heard about um, any of this, which is just shocking. Um, Jordan was shocked when I told her that. And I was shocked of myself when I was watching this because I was like, wow, I can't believe I never heard about this. I feel like that that's a mystery in itself to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how you didn't hear about this ever. So that's, I I mean, that's, I'm really intrigued to know how you liked the documentary since this was like all brand new information. Yeah. So I think it's been a while since I've watched a true crime documentary like this. And I feel like I hit them so hard at the beginning when they were like really popular. And then, um, I haven't watched one in a long time. And I think for me, like I enjoyed all of the information that it gave me. But I felt extremely confused on what we were supposed to get out of it. Like, was the focus supposed to be on the hotel and all of the interesting things that happened at the hotel? If that were the case, I probably would have liked a little bit more of the other mm-hmm. things and a little less Elisa Lamb. Um, if the if it was supposed to be mostly about Elisa Lamb, I think there were some ways they could have told that story better. Um, I think if it was supposed to be about, like problems that come from things going viral online I think that is an interesting thing that was brought up that I think could have been could have like spent a lot more time on and then another thing I think they kind of briefly talked about was like mental health and um like where the I I thought that the question of like whose responsibility is it in a specifically like the Elisa Lamb case, like whose responsibility was it for her, like her mental breakdown and like who sh- and her death? I guess I should have n- more than just a breakdown. It was her actual death, and um, I thought it was like a really interesting um story to kind of focus on mental health and also specifically like bipolar disorder. Um, I did think that. So I kind of was like, I feel like this, they're, I feel like they struggled to like fully commit to one thing. So it kind of felt a little all over the place for me. Yeah. They like, they had like too many thesis statements. Yes, exactly. And even when it ended, I I was just like, I am not sure what I'm supposed to get out of this. Mm -hmm. But what was your perspective as a person who knew about this? And I was also curious, did you know about the um bipolar disorder and um that aspect of the her, of Elisa Lamb's death um no that was new info to me I don't and I don't really know how public that is or if like it just had never like I just hadn't researched and found that stuff out um so kind of like the very like the last five to ten minutes of it was new information to me um, so that was definitely interesting. Um, overall, I would say um, I totally agree with you with 
there's like all these different sections that either I don't know here okay here's what here's how I feel about it overall though I do think that it was good and like the first two episodes I thought were like really good they were really creepy that video of her in the elevator will always just be really creepy to me yeah it's haunting um so that was like very spooky and I felt like those episodes were effective I think that um, all the YouTuber stuff, the web sleuths, <laughs> that they kept saying, I, um, it's like you have to include all the, those things in the documentary because it was such a huge part of the whole case. Um, but I honestly, I felt like there was too much of it in this documentary. And I think that what you're saying, like if they set out to make a documentary of like how these bloggers and youtubers affect true actual crime stories Mm -hmm. i think that would be an interesting documentary um in this one i felt like it grabbed me at the beginning when it was more about like downtown la skid row the cecil hotel itself and then kind of how that history then like leads up to elisa lamb Mm -hmm. um and so i was kind of more i was much more invested in that side of it and so the, to me when they started getting talking way more to all the youtubers and that one guy who like that musician that they were like that they were talking to about how like the trolls kind of ruined his life and stuff mm-hmm. i don't think that's invalid information to talk about with the case and with cecil hotel but i just feel like <laughs> it was way too heavily weighed it was really this. weird bringing that guy it was in like, like- I was like, oh, he's going to share some, like, earth-shattering news about the Elisa Lamb case. And then it never happened. And I was just no. like, wait, what is this guy? It was like, I guess at least maybe he can make some money off of this. Because his album was not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also did not like all this, like, this, uh, like, we had to basically watch a lot of his YouTube videos forced down our throats in this yeah they were scary like, they were almost along more scary than the elisa lamb video they were it was and like the youtubers were very annoying it's actually funny because i was looking up imdb because i wanted to i was looking up to see if they if they listed some of the people like in the listed as the cast like but they're real people obviously mm-hmm. and i was looking at some reviews because imdb people are ripping it apart which like i always take imdb reviews with a grain of salt but all these people are like oh the youtubers oh my gosh this is so stupid blah 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 so i was expect i went in expecting it to be like all pretty much people talking to interviewing these youtubers Mm -hmm. so i was glad that they still were tying it into like the actual police the actual like people who know like i they were still tying it into the actual facts not just the conspiracy theories but um, it was just a lot and a lot of nonsense um, that really could have been cut out. It's like they were really just trying to stretch it into four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really feel like you could have made this put you could have kept the information you needed and only done two episodes. And I feel like it probably would have been really good. But yeah, I agree because I also was really into it the first two episodes. Like I was like legitimately a little scared I and know. Me too. I'm glad you said that because, like, the I was watching it at, like late at night, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like seeing the Elisa Lamb video on a TV screen rather than like 
a YouTube video or like in mm-hmm. an article, I was like, this is really creepy. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's inter- it is interesting that you say that, that it's been a long time um, since we've been watching true crime stuff. Because there was that like those couple of months um, where that was like the biggest things that were dropping. And so we were just watching them constantly for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually been kind of nice not to have to watch a bunch because they're all... I mean, they're mostly very disturbing, and they're also all kind of the same. Yeah. And so I don't think this... I think this was more of the same as far as true crime goes. But it was nice to have, like, some resolution a li- yes. in the Elisa Lamb case. And also, this is a um, little bit of a tangent. I mean, not really, but also, I just really hated the hotel manager. Like, she was, like, so defensive of the hotel and not... Like, she cared more about the hotel and the reputation of the hotel than she cared about the actual employees and people who stayed there and died. And I just yeah. thought that she... W- I was confused on how um, they got her to be on here, on the show, and, like, interview, and um, everything she was saying. I was just like, um, someone died. Do you know what that means? Well, and, well, and she was saying... I mean, I'm glad she was in it just because some of the information was so, like, so over the top that I was like, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. How she's, I'm like, how she said that in the 10 years she worked that there were 80 deaths or something. So wild. And, like, yeah. Thousands of, uh, like, 911 calls and stuff. So, it she was so over the top in some ways and, like, so um, unfeeling and non-empathetic that it was almost like she was an actor mm-hmm. and did you ever watch 24 the tv show i did actually she reminded me of um the girl who plays chloe i was like that girl oh, should I can totally play this see lady um i actually was looking for pictures of them to see and i was like well these pictures don't do it but when i was watching <laughs> it i was like that lady should totally play her mary lynn uh Raz cub anyway she looks like her to me they and really so do it look was, very similar it was hard for me to imagine that that hotel manager was even like not an actress because i was like she looks like that actress and the things she's saying are so ridiculous and That's hilarious like how can a person say those things <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was like that was very unsettling i did yeah. i i did really enjoy the interviews with that couple from England that were visiting the hotel. This is another yes. just a side thing. And then when you see them in like the newscast from that day, mm-hmm. that was really intriguing. So that yeah. was, I really did enjoy the first two episodes. I thought they were very good. I did too. I would, I would almost recommend watching episode one, episode two, and then go to episode four and watch like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I agree. To get, like, to wrap it all up. Because everything else was just kind of unimportant. Yeah. I think that's a great review. And um, I feel the same. Okay, well, who was your crush of the week? Well, if Christmasina is in a thing we're watching, it's gonna be Christmasina. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I have to agree. <laughs> it's just like he's just always it's just so fun to see him in anything 
he's and so it just good. feels so like rare and far between and i just really gotta soak it up i know and his character was so interesting too like it was fun seeing him be like smarmy mm-hmm. and like kind of cheesy and like his outfits were so bad oh and it was gosh. funny yeah it was like it was just so good he was great. That I wish he were in it. Um, he it's like he's not like a gigantic part. It's kind of like a side character, and I I wish he mm-hmm. were in it even more. Yeah, me too. He was great. Love him. We love you, Christmasina. You can come on our podcast anytime. I mean, the fact that he beat out Peter Dinklage really says a lot. It really does. I also never knew how much I wanted them to be in a movie together. Oh my gosh, that's literally. Um, I took one note, I think, um, let me see. Oh, it wasn't in my notes. It was in my letterbox review. And I said, uh, loved seeing Peter Dinklage and Christmasina in the same room because I just, I genuinely had never thought about it and it was just a joy. Loved it. Loved it. They were great. They were a great pair. Yeah. Hope to see more. I really do, too. I hope that was the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. (laughs) Me, too. Well, good pairing from Netflix. Thanks, Netflix, for providing us weekend entertainment. Yeah, really. Thank you. Really appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.